Welcome to the Faith Heights Church audio podcast. We pray that this message will bless you and feed your faith as you listen in today. Praise the Lord. You know, we need to be excited about the victory that Jesus paid such a precious price for us to have. We need to not be ashamed of that victory. I have been at Bronco games before. I know some of you like the Dallas Cowboys over there. Maybe you've been at some, oh. um, But have you ever been at a Bronco game? Or I know we have some Seahawks fans in here. Or, you know, I don't know who all we have. But you know what? Have you ever been at a football game and the victory was yours? I mean, the Broncos won or the Cowboys won or the Seahawks won. Has anybody ever acted a little bit foolish at a time like that? Get up, jump up and down, run around, high five everybody in the room. My family does that. We, we used, I haven't watched, I haven't watched football for a couple years now. I'm kind of, I'm kind of in this, um, I have an attitude right now about it, so I won't get into that. I won't get into that. But in the past, my family, we'd all get together. We'd do all the football food and we would have a great time and we would watch the Broncos and man, we would act kind of crazy and silly when they won. Well, I'm telling you, their victory is nothing, nothing compared to the victory that Jesus paid to give us. He defeated death for you. He defeated sickness and disease for you. He went to hell, took your place, rose again so you wouldn't have to go to hell. I mean, we need to not be ashamed. We need to be excited. We need to jump up and down, high five everybody in the room, high five somebody right now. Woo, Jesus won our victory, amen. Amen. Don't ever be ashamed to worship God. I remember a friend of ours, Jesse Duplantis. A lot of you know who Jesse is. He's a minister of the gospel. And he was telling us a story one time. He was in a, at a hotel and he got into the elevator. Was it Jesse or was it Jerry? Now that I'm thinking, it might have been. Was it Jesse? He gets into the elevator and all the people in the elevator just started cussing and talking naughty talk. So Jesse just said, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. I'm so glad for your blood. I'm so glad you died for me on the cross. He said, if they can say what they're saying, I can say what I want to say. So he started praising God in the midst of all their cussing and carrying on. And guess what? The next floor, everybody got off the elevator. He had it all to himself. But you know what? We need to be that way. Not be ashamed of what Jesus has done for us. Amen. Praise God. Well, um, I'm going to obviously be teaching today, although Nikki was getting going there. It might have been good for her to keep it going. But anyway, so what I'm going to do today is I'm going to share a lot along the lines of what I shared a couple weeks ago on a Wednesday night. Now, how many of you were here a couple weeks ago when I shared? See, there's just a few of you, so it'll be good. You'll get to hear it for a second time, and those who were not here will get to hear it for the first time. And I want to say something about when I get up here and I share. You know, God has a call on people's lives. He's got a call on your life. He's got a call on every person's life. And I'm just, I happen to be in a position where one of the calls on my life is that when I do get up here and I do share, I teach or I preach, um, I'm a little different than my husband. My husband, you know, he gets up here, man, he, you know, 
he, he gets all these scriptures. He knows like the whole Bible by heart, I think. And, and he gets up here and he preaches a lot, you know, and, and he preaches a lot on faith because we're a faith church and stuff. Well, some preachers get up and they talk mostly about healing or, you know, different things. End times, Joseph Morris preaches on the end times. That's his, his calling or his gift. Well, when I'm, what the Lord has put on my heart to do when I get up here is I'd like to share more about current events and the church's role in current events. Another thing I kind of like to do is kind of kick people in the backside to get going and to get doing things. As a child, that's how I learned the best. You know, I was always okay being a C student. I never cared if I got an A or B, didn't matter. I just wanted to be average, um, and just barely make it, I was fine. I was even okay if I got a D. I just didn't want an F. And you know, we're living in a time now where Christians, we cannot have that attitude. I just want to barely slip into heaven, you know, but I want to live my life the way I am. And if God was handing out report cards, um, I'm okay with just an average. This is not a time we need to be living the average Christian life. We need to be living in the full abundant life that Jesus died to give us. So a couple Wednesdays ago, I I shared a message and it was called Run to the Roar. And so I'm going to share some of it. Now, I'm not going to share everything I shared Wednesday night, because to be honest with you, um, Wednesday night, I think we can get a little bit meatier or a little bit deeper or a little bit more, you know, um, strong about some things. Because Sunday mornings, I acknowledge there's visitors here. There's probably some people who may not like everything I'm going to say or, or whatever. And, and I don't, I don't want to offend anybody, but I do think it's time we speak out. And I think it's time that the church address some of the current affairs that are going on in our world. Because had the church been doing that for the last 25 years, our world, our country wouldn't be where it's at today. Had the church stepped up and drawn a line and said no to some things 25 years ago, we wouldn't be in the mess we're in today. I don't like where our world is at today. Do you? I don't like what's going on in our world. I don't like a lot of things going on in our country. And it's time we do something about it. So I started out a couple weeks ago, and I'm going to start out with a question. And that question is, have you ever made plans in life? And you're like, okay, so next week, we're going to take the week off. We're going to go here. We're going to do this. And, and, you know, you get it all planned out. And then something comes up, and you have to change your plans. Has anybody ever made plans and something happens and you have to change your plans? Well, I'm in my 60s and so most people, and if you're over 60, you know what I'm talking about. When you get to be my age, you start thinking a little bit about um, slowing down, maybe not going to the office as much, maybe letting some of the younger people take over and do some things. And so I was kind of starting to think along those lines in the last couple of years, been thinking, you know, well... You know, maybe I'll not come in as much and different things like that. And um, now, don't get me wrong, John and I are never going to retire. We are going to be working for God till the rapture happens or we take our last breath and move to heaven. We are going to be working for God. But I will say that I was picturing myself at least spending a little bit of time getting rid of the high heels, putting on some flip-flops, going to the beach sipping on a lemonade, and enjoying the waves. I was thinking that maybe a little bit more of that was in my future coming up. 
Well, a year and a half ago, something happened in our world. And it totally threw a wrench in my beach flip-flop lemonade days. Now, I'm not saying we will never go to a beach. Yes, we need times to relax. And yes, we need times at the beach. And in fact, in February, we have a a trip planned. And um, we'll see if we fly or drive. I don't know yet how all that's going to work out. You know, depends on some things. But um, so, yeah, we're going to go take a vacation. We're going to spend a week at the beach. And I'll sip on my lemonade and wear my flip-flops. But I don't see that being a very common occurrence in my future anymore. Because a year and a half ago, my life changed. And a year and a half ago, your life changed. What happened a year and a half ago? COVID hit. And not just COVID-19, but everything that goes along with it. COVID-19 changed everything in our world. It changed our economy. It changed family units a lot. It changed a lot of mental health issues for people. I mean, it changed so much. And so when that happened, I had to start thinking, okay, so where do I see myself in five years from now or 10 years from now? If the rapture hasn't happened, I do not see myself sitting on a beach too often. I do not see me wearing flip-flops. I see me pulling up combat boots and getting ready to fight. Amen. Anybody else see that? Come on. Come on. And you know what? I'm okay with it. Because God knew that I was going to be alive when COVID hit. He knew you were going to be alive and on this planet when COVID hit. COVID took me by surprise, but it did not take God by surprise. I I saw some things coming, but I, I actually thought they were going to be a little farther out in the future. But guess what, church? It's here. But I'm okay because I have been called into the kingdom for such a time as this, and so have you. You are not alive on the planet today by accident. God knew you were going to be here, and he has equipped you, he has anointed you, and he has called you to be in the body of Christ on the planet for such a time as this. He has something that he has imparted into each one of you that can impact our generation. We need to find out what that is. Amen. We're seeing things that we've never seen before in our land. Some interesting things. I shared with the people the other night how you see that meme going around Facebook. Oh, it's been probably a couple years ago. Not my circus, not my monkeys. Guess what? This is our circus. And guess what? This world is our monkeys. We're monkeys ourselves, right? We need to go into all the circus and preach the good news, right? We aren't living in a time we can say, you know what? I'm not gonna deal with that. I'm not gonna deal with that because we can't do that anymore. They need our help. This world needs our help. The circus out there is going crazy. We have the answer. We have the answer. If you're here today, you have the answer. We have the help. We know how to help the monkeys. Amen. 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 We have it. We need to do the right thing. I shared with the people the other night, but I was raised in a home with a mom and a dad who taught us kids, you do the right thing. No matter what it takes, you do the right thing. And while right now it might be easy to think, I don't want to deal with it, I don't want to deal with it, they can all deal with their own little circus 
acts themselves, we need to step up, church, and we need to do the right thing. And the right thing is what I'm going to be sharing with us today. Amen. You know, we are living in the end times. Some people don't like to think about it. Some people don't like to talk about it. But I do believe the rapture, personally, personal opinion, and I, I think I have scripture to back this up. I believe the rapture is going to happen in my lifetime. I don't know how it can't. With the way the world is going right now, it's kind of going like this. And the darker it gets, the more the light shines on us. Amen. And there's very few things that have to happen in order for the rapture to take place. Very few. Only a couple things, and they're happening right now, so as we speak. So, so I do believe the rapture's gonna happen real soon. But if it does or if it doesn't, it'll happen one of these days. Do you know you're all gonna die? If the rapture doesn't happen in your lifetime, you will die. And so what is it pastor always says? A few more clicks of the clock and we're all out of here. So we might as well give our last five years, 10 years, 20 years, 50 years, whatever it is, we might as well devote every one of those clicks to the Lord to use us to help the people in our world. Amen. Amen. All righty. I just totally messed up all my notes here. Give me a second. All right. So do you have that graphic of run to the roar? Guys, if you could put that up. I heard a, a message from David Barton of the Wall Builders Institute not too long ago, and it just totally blessed my heart. So I thought I'd share a few things that he shared. And so in talking about run to the roar, when you see the picture of the lion, you're probably thinking I'm referring to Jesus, you know, the lion of the tribe of Judah, Jesus. That's not the lion and that's not the roar I'm gonna be talking about today. Do you know there's another roar out there? And so we're going to look at it. If you guys have it, look at 1 Peter 5.8. Again, I'm going to read this out of the Amplified Classic. 1 Peter 5.8. It says that we are to be well-balanced and temperate, which means self-controlled, sober of mind, and be vigilant, which means be careful and watch for danger. And cautious at all times for that enemy of yours, the government. Oh, wait, that's not what it says. That enemy of yours, the devil. See, we got to know who our enemy is. That enemy of yours, the devil, he roams around like a lion. Roaring in fierce hunger. Are you seeing that today? Aren't you seeing the devil is just out there roaring in fierce hunger, seeking someone to seize upon and devour? So the roar that's out there right now, I'm talking about the roar that's of the enemy. The devil has a roar. So when I listened to this David Barton message, he shared a real powerful, this is a true story. Let me share something about lions with you. So over in Africa where they have the, the African elephant, he's the king of the beast, right? Do you know why the lion is the king of the beast? It's because there is no enemy in the animal kingdom that can defeat the lion. He is truly the king of the beast. Mankind or mankind with a gun is really the only enemy a lion has. But out there in Africa, the only enemy, that there's no enemy that the lion has. So what the lion does, the male lion, he will position himself over on one side of the field 
and he'll see the group of animals out there. Maybe they're zebra or caribou or whatever it is. He sees them. And he just kicks back and he roars. And they say that the male lion can roar so loud that it will travel for five miles. So he kicks back here and he roars. So what do all the zebra do over here? They all run from that roar and they run in the opposite direction. Guess what they're running into? They're running into a trap because the male lion is the one over here doing all the roaring. The female lions position themselves over here at the other end of the field. So when the zebra run over there, there's a dozen or half a dozen female lions that are ready to attack them. So the zebra would have a much better chance of survival if they would turn and run toward the roar. Do you follow me? Because over here, there's only one lion. Yeah, he's mean. Yeah, he's ferocious. But there's only one of him and a whole bunch of zebra. That's just another reason we all need each other. We all need each other. Amen. Amen. We all need each other. The, the more the herd in the herd, the better. But anyway, so... So with everything going on in our world today, we need to know, don't run in fear, run to the roar. And I'll explain a little bit about what that means here in just a minute. There's a lot of roars in the world today, and I'm going to go through a few of them. There's way more than what I have time to go through today. Um, so let me, just, let me just read a couple of them. There is a roar or a threat, a very loud roar of COVID-19. Now, don't get me wrong. I totally know it's a real thing. <laughs> and I know people are in the hospital. I know people have died from it. But I also know 99.98% of people recover from it. Amen. Amen. <laughs> I won't get into that too, off, too much here. But anyway, that's a roar out there. People are afraid. People are running in fear. And I'm afraid they're running into a trap. I'm afraid they're afraid. They're running into a trap. If you believe that it's as big and as bad, again, I'm not saying it's not real and I'm not saying it's not big and I'm not saying it's not bad, but it's not everything that fear is trying to make you believe it is. Amen. What if we turn around and run towards it and say, I am not afraid of getting COVID-19. I am not afraid of sicknesses and disease. Jesus paid a price. He took stripes on his back from a whip from those soldiers so that I could walk free from sickness and disease. What if we, that's running to the roar. That's not running away, being afraid. That's facing it saying, I am not afraid of you. You get a diagnosis of cancer. Don't you run away, oh, 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 cancer, cancer. You run to it and say, by his stripes I was healed. By his stripes I was healed. What if you die? Then if you're a Christian, you go to heaven, you win anyway. We win. Every victory, right? Every victory is ours. Amen. Here's another roar that's really loud right now. Do you know our constitutional freedoms are being taken away from us? Very rapidly. Are we going to run away and act like I don't want to deal with it? I don't I pretend it's not going on. Or are we going to turn around and are we going to do something about it? I'll talk a little bit in a few minutes about what we can do about that. Oh, our schools and our education system, church. Do you know what they're teaching your kids in school? You better know. It's terrible. There is ungodly stuff going on. Maybe not in all the schools, but it's trying to go on in all the schools. They are trying to indoctrinate our kids 
let me, let me think how to say this. Basically, they're making our schools training camps for a socialist and communist country. And we had better not be running afraid from that. We'd better turn and we'd better start getting involved in our schools. Again, I'll talk about that more in a little bit. The entertainment industry, it's roaring with all kinds of ungodly, filthy stuff. When you have Disney, Walt Disney, making movies this next year, a new princess is coming on the scene, and true love is not Prince Charming anymore. It's another girl. Right now, exactly. Right now, there's a movie, I saw a commercial for it, uh, the new Cinderella movie, where the fairy godmother is a man, he's got a beard and he's wearing a dress and makeup on. Don't send me any letters, don't send me any letters. I love all people. But I'm telling you, we are not to embrace that as a normal. We had better not be running from that and saying, I'm gonna let my kids go see it anyway. It's okay, it's okay. No, it's not. We'd better start running to that roar and saying, you're not getting our money if you're going to produce stuff like that. That's ungodly. Amen? Yeah, I, I always get, almost always, not always, I guess, but sometimes I get letters when I preach like this. Sometimes people get up and walk out, but you know what? That's okay because I'm here to do what God's told me to do. I'm here to say what he wants me to say. This isn't your typical Sunday morning message, I know. But you know what? We're not living in a typical world anymore. <laughs> Everything's changed. Um, here is a roar that is so loud that it is terrifying to me. That men get to go into women's bathrooms. I called Target one day a few weeks back or a couple months ago. And I, I said, I want to know if I bring my granddaughter to Target and she needs to use your bathroom, could a man, would you guys allow a man to walk in? Bottom line, they said, yes. I said, that's not okay. That's not okay. Not only do I not want to take my granddaughter, of course, she's getting older now, but not only do I, even at 18, I don't want her using that bath. I don't even want to go in that bathroom. I don't want a man walking in on me when I'm in the bathroom. Do you ladies? I don't care how they're dressed. Do you know, years ago, um, we had... um, and we love everybody, okay? We love everybody. You got to see past what these people are doing and see that there's a person in there who needs Jesus. And Jesus loves them as much as he loves you. He died for them just as much as he did you. He wants them in heaven. We want them in heaven, right? We're not con- condemning people, but there are some actions that are sinful. And um, we had somebody here who... I happen to know, Pastor and I, John and I knew that this person was a man, but this person was dressed as a woman, and a lot of people wouldn't have known that. Sometimes you can tell, sometimes you can't. And um, I told the person, I said, um, I just need you to know that if you want to use the bathroom in this church, you're not allowed to use a women's bathroom. Even though you look like a woman, and everybody thinks you're a woman, you're a man. And you're not going to walk in this bathroom I can't allow that when your kids and grandkids are in that bathroom. Your little girls are in that bathroom. I said, you can't use it. I said, however, also, you can't use the men's bathroom because everybody thinks you're a woman, so I can't let you go in the men's bathroom. So guess what? If you have to go potty, you go in the one over here that's the handicapped one stall. 
I had to, I had to put my foot down. We have to put our feet down with some things and say, no, these things aren't going to happen. Do I love that person? Yes. And I pray to God. He ended up moving away. I pray to God he got saved and, and that he's in heaven someday. But you know, we have to draw a line somewhere. But that's terrifying to me that anywhere you go, almost anywhere you go, a man can walk into a women's bathroom. We need to run towards that and say, no. Target, no. Now, I have shopped at Target since, but I'm starting to get, my mama claws are getting just a little bit sharper and I'm about ready to say, you don't get any of my money at Target if you allow that. I've never been like this in the past. I, I never was, you guys. I'm, I'm, the, I'm the person that when I was in high school, I went, I went to high school in Delta, Colorado, everybody there would have said, there's no way Carla Capetto, used to be Carla Merriman, would be standing in front of people talking like this. I was so shy. I was so shy that when it came time for me to get in front of the class and give a speech, I would do one of a few things. Now, dad, wherever you're at, plug your ears. I would either ditch that class and go hang out in the park, or I would fake sick so I didn't have to get up in front of people. But I would do anything I could to not have to get up in front of people. But you know what? I am compelled to do it these days. I am compelled to get up in front of people and share what people need to hear. This isn't lemonade, beach, and flip-flops, but I'm telling you, this is, my, this is my destiny now. This is the call of God in my life now, is to talk about these things. Um, David Barton, he said that the conservative voice is being so silenced, over 70,000 conservative groups have been deleted from social media in the last year. 70,000. They're trying to shut the church up is what they're doing. A lot of you are on Facebook. You say, you say one little thing and, oh, they put that fact checker up there, which is usually full of lies. Somebody needs to come up with, and maybe there is. We need our own Facebook. We need our own Twitters. We need our own internet. We need our own. We are a great people. We have Jesus on the inside of us. We have the Holy Ghost on the inside of us. God has given you businessmen and women wealth so you can do some of these things and we can start our own businesses and we can have our voice be heard and they can shut us up all they want, but we have a voice. We have a roar. Amen. We have a roar of our own and it needs to be heard. I'm telling you, the spirit of the Antichrist is already at work. We see it in all kinds of areas. But you know what the Bible says? I believe it is in 2 Thessalonians. It talks about the, the man of sin or the Antichrist being revealed. Do you know why he can't fully come on the scene right now? Because we are here. That song we just sang, it says, um, what was that one lyric? It said, one voice silences the enemy. What voice is that? That's our voice. We're the church. It says in 2 Thessalonians there, it says that, that this man of sin or the Antichrist can't be fully revealed to do his work because there is somebody that's withholding him. That's us. We are the ones withholding him. One translation says, until we step out of the way. Well, we haven't stepped out of the way yet, and we'd better not be stepping out of the way. We had better be going forward. The Bible says the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. Do you know gates? If there was a gate right here, 
I, the, the gate's not going to come and chase me. Gates don't have legs. They don't move. What does that mean? The gates of hell will not prevail against the church. That means we are supposed to be going over and kicking the gate down and saying, we're taking back our territory. We're taking back what the enemy took from us. Yes. We need to be like Flick the Ant. Did you see the Bugs Life movie? The grasshoppers, Hopper himself, big, bad Hopper. He made all the ants work for him and do all this stuff and he took all their possessions, right? The ants had to, oh, bow to the grasshoppers and do all the work. Finally, little old Flick says one day something like, well, hang on, ants. There's more of us than there are of them. Why don't us ants unite and go take back what the grasshoppers took from us. Amen. We need to do that, church. There's more of us than there are with them. I know if you watch the secular news right now, you're going to think the devil's winning. You're going to think the church is losing. You're going to think that there's more of them. And again, I'm not talking Democrat, Republican here. Don't let your mind go there and start thinking it's all a Democrat, Republican thing. It's a good versus evil, a right versus wrong. There are more of us on this planet who want right than there are who want wrong. And do you know, we need to pray for those. I have shared this a couple times, but the Democrats are not our enemy. President Biden is not our enemy. President Trump was not the enemy. The devil tried to get us all fighting each other, fighting people, fighting man. But you know, we need to be praying for our enemies. Isn't that what the Bible tells us? Does, does God condone us going on Facebook and putting a picture of President Trump or Joe Biden with the clown nose and saying what a silly doofus he is? No. The Bible says we're supposed to be praying for them. What would happen if they got born again? What would happen? It's possible. Did Saul of Tarsus get born again? He wrote two-thirds of the New Testament after he got born again. What was he doing before he got born again? He was persecuting Christians. He was killing them. He was standing there and letting them be stoned to death. But somebody had to have been praying for him. Well, it was Stephen when he was being stoned, right? Isn't that what it says? If I got it right there. Stephen was praying for him. He gets born again. He writes two-thirds of the New Testament. What would happen today if President Biden got born again. What would happen today if Nancy Pelosi got born again? Don't laugh. Don't laugh. It could happen. It needs to happen. Amen. We need to be praying for these people. They, the people who we think are our enemy, and, and I get enemy. I, I know there's people who are trying to work against us and work against the United States and work against God and all that stuff. But you know, they're just puppets. What if our prayers can come in and clip those puppet strings and their eyes are opened? Were your eyes ever opened? Were your eyes ever opened? You thought you knew it all? You thought you had life all figured out and then somebody prayed for you, clipped those puppet strings of the devil and all of a sudden you're going, whoa, I didn't know what Jesus was all about. I had no idea how wonderful life could be. Amen? We need to be praying and clipping those puppet strings off of these people. Amen. Wow, so somebody tell me, what time do we usually end on, on Sunday mornings? <laughs> I never look at a clock. I never look at a clock, so I have no idea. So we'll go just a little bit longer. Y'all okay? 11.30? 
I got plenty of time. Got plenty of time. Okay. So anyway, so sorry, the church is still here. The Holy Ghost filled Christians are still here and we have a voice and our voice silence the enemy, right? In fact, when people are running to, uh, running in fear to the traps, we are the ones that need to be down here saying, hang on a minute, go the other way. Don't be afraid. But how can we do that if we're running along with them into the trap? We need to stand up, take our stance and say, no, come on, I'll help you go the other way. Amen? That's what we're supposed to do. All right, so David Barton gives a few things that we need to do in order to run. That'll help us run. That'll equip us to run, right? He says, number one, we need to have individual and local action. What does that mean? He said, A, We need to be more involved in our local church. Why do we need to go to church in order to run? Because you need equipped. You know how, I've never been in um, the military, but from what I hear, and if I, after I say this, if you agree, raise your hand. I hear that in the military, not everybody likes the drill sergeant. Is that true? I hear that they can be kind of tough. They can be kind of mean. But I also have heard that as soon as that soldier gets on the battlefield, whose voice do they hear in their ear telling them how to put that gun together, what to do and how to survive? It's that drill sergeant. Amen. When we go to church, we get equipped. We get equipped to know what to do out there in this circus of life. I, I didn't bring it with me today, but I went through the last couple years of all the messages that we've been hearing at this church. They have all been such equipping messages. One of my favorite messages that my husband taught recently, and if you have not heard it, you need to go back to our website and go to the archives and you need to listen to it. He titled this series, The Devil is Beautiful. And you think, what? The devil is so deceptive that he can make you think that what he's doing is good and pleasurable and he can deceive himself to thinking he's so bright and everything is good and right. But you had better be in church. You better be getting equipped. You better be reading your Bible and finding out, well, what does God say about that situation? Amen. We need to be in church and we need to be getting equipped. If you are only picking and choosing what preacher you want to listen to, Do you know the human nature will just go for the sweet stuff? Unless you're mature. You put a child in a room and say, you can have whatever you want to eat. What are they going to go for? Most of them are going to go for the sweets. Most of them are going to go, ooh, I want that and I want that and I want that. Most of them are not going to go for the broccoli and the veggies and the meat, right? Well, if all you're doing is sitting at home going, who do I want to listen to preach today? Um, let me see, what's this guy got to say? And you go, nah, I don't like what he says. What does this guy have to say? No, I don't like the way his wife dresses. I don't like her fingernail polish and I don't like the way her hair looks. Nope, nope. I'm gonna listen to this guy for a while. He's wearing skinny jeans, definitely not listening to him. Okay, I'm gonna listen to this guy. Nope, 
nope, he likes that loud rock and roll music, not gonna listen to him. Um, If you just sit there and pick and choose who you wanna listen to, you're gonna only go for the sweets. We need a well-balanced Christian diet. And a pastor gives you a well-balanced Christian diet. He's going to feed you the meat. He's going to feed you the broccoli. He's going to feed you the fruit. He's going to feed you the sweets at times. We need a well-balanced diet. If you're not eating a Christian well-balanced diet, you're going to be malnourished. You're going to get sick. You're going to be weak. You're going to be sleepy and all out of it. And you're not going to know which way to run or how to run. So number one, you need to be involved in a local church. You need to be getting equipped. Amen. You need to be learning how to run to the roar and pastors will do that. What if it's a roar of depression? You need your pastors to teach you how to, how to overcome. Sickness, you need your pastors. You, they teach you how to overcome. There's a lot of equipping that is being done. The second thing he said is he said, we must get involved in our local government. Now, before you try to think or before you try to email me and say separation of church and state separation of church and state you can't talk about politics yes I can do you know separation of church and state was not to silence the church about political things the separation of church and state way back then was to keep the government out of the church but oh the devil roared big He roared big, separation of church and state, separation of church and state. And so all the Christians and all these churches started running away from that going, oh, we can't talk about politics. We can't talk about politics. Yes, we can. The only thing I can't do is I can't stand up here and tell you who to vote for. I can't stand up here and say, as a church, we support this candidate or that candidate. But I can tell you who I vote for. I can tell you my personal opinion. I can tell you who I think lines up most with biblical principles. I can do that and that's okay. During this last election, I was a bit vocal about my opinion on the election. And I I did, I got the emails and I had some people leave our church and say, nope, nope, separation of church and state. You guys, you guys shouldn't be sharing stuff. The church had better rise up and start talking about this stuff. If we're silenced, who's gonna know? Who's gonna know? Most of you don't take the time, but you might need to start to, to research things for yourself. Two Sundays ago, we had three candidates up on this stage. It was not a church function. It was a, the concerned Concerned Parents and Teachers Association or something like that. They used our facility. They had three candidates up here who are running for school board in November. We invited the church. We let the people know. There was maybe about only 40 of you that showed up. And no condemnation if you didn't come up. I'm not scolding you. I'm just saying, if you can't be here to find out what the school board candidates believe, you better be talking to somebody who knows because this next school board election is probably the most important in our lifetime. And we had better get these conservative people. Now, the other ones can come and talk. It's just they didn't show up. But you better know what these candidates stand for and you better know who to vote for. I am so embarrassed that in the last 20, 25 years, you know, my kids went to a Christian school, so I knew what was going on there. I didn't pay attention to what was going on in the public school system. That's terrible. I should have. Because like I say, had we been voting right all along, we wouldn't be where we are today. 
So you need to know. If you don't know who to vote for concerning the upcoming election, I can't tell you who, but you know, maybe Candy will. Because <laughs> she's, not, she's not up here representing the church, right? But you better know who, and you better vote. Even if you don't have kids, let me just say this. If you don't have kids in the school system, you can still vote. If you're a registered voter, you get to vote. And you get to vote in all the districts. So you need to vote. There are three openings. The three people I met here, they all need to get in. I'm just going to say it. But I can't tell you their names. Maybe Candy will. (laughs) Amen. Amen. All right. Um, So when it comes to county commissioners, um, I don't, I was saying this the other night. I don't even know who all we vote for. We vote for um, county commissioners, city council. We vote for a sheriff. We vote for judges. What am I missing? Huh? Clerk. Oh, oh my. There's a lot going on right now you need to know about. If you want to know some things going on right now in Mesa County, do you know Mesa County has made national news? We had a meeting, again, it wasn't a church meeting, but we had a meeting Thursday and Friday of this last week. Um, A nonprofit organization called Concerned Citizens held a summit meeting here, and we let them rent our facilities. And it was two nights, three hours each night. The information that came forth blew my mind. There is stuff going on that we need to be aware of. They had doctors on there. They had attorneys on there. And it was amazing. So, but if you want to know what's going on in Mesa County, don't listen to the, the news, the secular news. I was going to say the fake news, but some of you might not think it's fake. But don't just listen to the news, but find out locally. Go on Facebook and follow America's Mom. And she will let you know some things that are going on. And again, church, I'm not just talking Democrat, Republican. Don't, don't get all worked up about that. It's right and wrong, good and evil. But yes, county clerk, city clerk. What else? County treasurer. Assessor. Get on the library board. Yes, see? You guys would be shocked if you heard some of the things I've heard in the last week that's going on in books that are in schools, curriculum that is in schools. It would shock you. It would shock you. So anyway, get involved. Find out what's going on. I did not want to take time to do it. I really didn't want to. This does not line up with flip-flop speech and lemonade. But I started going to meetings. I started going to city council or um, uh school board meeting. I've been to some of the um, stand for the constitution meetings. I want to be informed on what's going on. And we need to be informed. We need to get involved in it. And I'm about out of time here, but anyway, um, we're not on the, we're not in the kingdom for, uh, for such a time as this for no reason. We are in the kingdom. If I said that right, for such a time as this, we need to let our voice be heard. We need to not be afraid. We need to not be scared of what the roar is out there. We need to turn ourselves and we need to run towards it and say, not in my family, not in my children, not in my valley, not in my state and not in my country and not in my world. We're here. We're here. We're here for a reason. And we are here to make an impact on people. 
Amen. So ladies, this upcoming meeting that we're going to be having with Sharona, um, again, we're not going to, we're not going to get political at the meeting necessarily. We're going to be talking about your children. And so we're going to have a lot of fun, but it's also going to inform you on some things that you need to know. You need to know. Um, so also the school board, find out how to vote for that. What else do we have we're voting on this November? This November coming up. Anybody know? Taxes, stuff like that. Find out about these things. I know it takes a lot of research, but if you don't want to find out, ask Candy. Candy knows everything. <laughs> ask Darlene. Darlene knows. Ask Sharona, America's mom. They know. <laughs> That's what I used to do. I say, Candy, how should I vote? Who should I vote for? And I'd let her do all my research. I'm doing my own now too. We're doing it together. Amen. Amen. I know that nowadays life is an adventure, but you know what? It's a faith adventure. Don't you like a good adventure? Man, these, these are our, this is our time to shine. This is our time to shine. In Isaiah 60, it talks about darkness is going to cover the earth. Gross darkness is going to cover the people. Oh, that sounds scary. But then what does it say right after that? But the glory of the Lord is going to rise upon you says thousands of people are going to come to the brightness of that glory. What is that glory? That's the church shining. One, one translation says sparkle. I like things that sparkle. I like bling. And in this crazy dark world, we get to shine. We get to be the blingy ones. Amen. Amen. Praise God. That's right. We need to shine. What is that? Yeah. Okay. Anyway, we can do it because we're a great people. We have great power and God's counting on us. Amen. Amen. Nikki, you come on. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information about this ministry, visit faithheights.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. To sow into this ministry, visit faithheights.org and click on the Donate tab. 